0: This guy was having like a, a, a conniption fit. He was like, he was like throwing furniture off the second level, like into his living room. Yeah, he was like a, he was like a rich guy. He had this really fancy apartment, and had two levels, at least two levels. And on the second level, there's like a railing, going all around, looking down, like into the into the main living room, right. It's one of those kind of setups. So he was on the second level, and he and he had like flipped out. He was like. <gasps> He's like grabbing furniture from the bedrooms and like hurling them down into the living room. The guy was going nuts. I don't know what was wrong with this guy. I mean, we knew him. And he he was someone that we kind of respected, but I guess he had some sort of men, mental issues. He he was he was flipping out. So me and my brother, we like we like ran out of there. <laughs> we're like, listen, we don't want to be over. This guy this guy is like f- this guy's flipped his lid. <laughs> I mean, what the hell's going on? So somehow, like, we didn't. So we were barefoot. I'm not sure how. We got barefoot. I think we may have been trying on different shoes or something. But at the moment, the guy flipped out. We were <laughs> between changing our shoes. Or, may, or maybe, you know, I know some people, they, they don't want you to wear your shoes in their house. But some people don't mind it. I, I, I understand that uh, if you, uh, you know, think about all of the stuff that may be out in the world on the streets and the sidewalks, you may not want that in your house. But if you, don't, if you just don't think about it, it really is no big deal, you know. But I don't know. Most people let you keep your socks. You see what I'm saying? In this case, we were barefoot, so I'm not sure why. So we, like, ran out of there. And in the lobby of the place, there was this stairway going down. And uh, we had been there before, earlier. I'm like, listen, let's just go down this way. We, we, we want to just get far away from this place. This guy's going nuts. So we went down this staircase. It was like a, car- a weird, old, carpeted stair- stairwell kind of thing. And this... Sort of you know, sort of the lobby of this building they lived in, and you go down this uh, staircase of these, yeah, you know, the sort of dirty, nasty kind of greenish carpeting, and we went down level after level after level, deep, deep underground, and um, then we got to this area where these people were living in this like 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 this underground world, and I think it used to be like a, a train station or something because there were these turnstiles. And all these people were standing around. I'm like, my brother was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, no, no, no. These people realize like, we're, we're escaping. We're, we're like one of them. So, so they should be cool. So we just we like jumped over the turnstiles. It was fine. And we started living with the people underground as we got away from that weird guy flipping out in his apartment. That weird rich guy that lost his mind. <laughs> then I woke up. That was my dream this morning. Ooh, look, and I'm actually crossing some train tracks here, and there's fog. Look at that fog. Oh, I should really take a picture of that. It's so cool. Whoa, I see I see flashing lights. No, that's just cars in the distance, maybe? Oh, that's so cool. That's a cool-looking shot. These uh, train tracks are inactive currently. There was a train to New York, or at least to Jersey City here. Uh, regular train service ceased in 19... 19- sixty six, so a while that's even before my time, okay? I know I'm old, but I i, I sixty six is before my time, okay? I was born the next year, sixty seven, so I missed the train here. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, it was wild, this dream. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on. And there's one of those things there's a lot more going on. <clears throat> in the dream there were like these nuns living in a bus or something and all this other stuff. I can't really remember. <laughs> nuns in a bus, yeah. But uh it was quite a dream this morning, escaping down the weird old stairwell. What the, what could it all mean? There must be like it, it was almost like uh, in Die Hard, the first Die Hard movie. You know that Christmas movie, Die Hard. I know people don't think it's a Christmas movie, but ooh, the birds are chirping away here. Whoa, there's a lot of pigeons here, just blatant pigeons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you know in the movie Die Hard, he his uh. He's barefoot because, in his case, maybe it was inspired by Die Hard because he was uh, all stressed out because it was was his ex-wife or they're separated. You know, Bonnie Bedelia, is that her name? And someone on the plane told him to make fists with his feet. So he was trying to calm down. But then Hans Gruber and his crew took over. And so he had to run out and start doing Die Hard stuff. And uh, so he was barefoot. And there's there's something about that. Is it, like, symbolic of something... Yeah, I think it's got to be symbolic of something. I don't know. In the dream, we were barefoot going into this underground world. Anyway. But it wasn't... I I remember noting that it was okay. Like, it wasn't too cold, and there wasn't, like, shards of glass on the ground or anything. Which there were at some point in Die Hard, right? Yeah. Anyway. uh, Good morning. I'm going to work in New York City, and it's kind of a freakishly warm day. It's going to be in the low 50s today, and it's raining. So... It's, uh... We had a... Whoa, what the hell? It's like a skull on the ground. must be some sort of little miniature skull, like a leftover Halloween decoration. Yeah, we had snow. A couple t- a couple snowfalls uh, last week or the week before. And now it's just raining, and it's... Not that it's warm, but, I mean, obviously... Uh, ooh, there's people behind me. <laughs> How long have they been there? An, an older couple. The woman's carrying a houseplant. Um... Uh, What was I saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for like a winter time around here in Jersey, like 50, over fifty degrees is a kind of warm and kind of pleasant feeling. I know people that live in areas where it's warm all the time would consider this fifty degrees kind of. This is all in the Fahrenheit scale, which we use here in America. We don't use the Celsius; we use Fahrenheit. We're very set in our ways here in America. What is there's so many people walking around this. Look look at that. There's like this weird walkway. And it's very foggy everywhere. It's a very very evocative morning indeed, yeah. But yeah, I'm going in to work in New York City. Just a work day. I need to start going back more. As as it's been uh, we're we're going in it was it January 2024, so Yeah, in less than 2 months we'll hit the 4 year anniversary of the uh pandemic which started for real Friday the 13th of March 2020 4 years wow it's really it's bizarre that we're in the fifth year of the 2020 still i think there is still time for this decade to become the best decade ever as my my prediction in 2019 uh i understand that the first 4 years were pretty bleak in some ways and uh, uh it's not been the best decade ever by any stretch of the imagination but we still have just about six years of of coolness that could make this the best decade ever. Yeah, I, I listen. I remain hopeful. I do, I do. But yeah, I was thinking about the '90s uh, yesterday. Uh, guy I work with started just kind of randomly saying, "Oh, I'm listening to Fiona Apple," and I'm like, "Whoa, yeah, Fiona Apple." It was. Uh, he was listening to her first album title, which I think was from '97, and it brought to mind. That rare time period, around September 97, and when did I... I, I actually did... There was a... Uh, I'm trying to think when it was. It was probably that same year. My mother-in-law had her 50, 50th birthday. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Uh, and we had karaoke. It was at the Dave & Buster's at Palisades Mall. I think it was in 97, right? Yeah, because... Is it 97? It was some year... Anyway, I I, I sang uh, Shadow Boxer by uh, Fiona Apple, and also Rocky Raccoon by The Beatles. That's the thing, like, it was... They, they needed an icebreaker, like, they're like, Okay, it's karaoke time, everyone, who's gonna start? And everyone was, like, looking at everyone else. And I ste- I stepped up, I'm like, I'll do it! And I sang Rocky Raccoon. South Mountain Hills, tale of Rocky Raccoon... One day, his woman ran off with another guy. So it's kind of like you just have to talk. You don't have to sing, really. (laughs) I don't know if that was my strategy. Hit young Rocky in the eye. Said I didn't like that. Checked himself into the local saloon. Then there's the somewhat singing part. Rocky Raccoon. stepped back to his room. Only to find Gidgen's Bible. Gidgen checked out and left it no doubt to help in good Rocky's revival. Ah, doo-doo-doo,
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. Anyway, so around September 1997, um... Fiona Apple was on the MTV Video Music Awards, and she gave this speech, which, in retrospect, really is a huge part of her legend, and it was good that she did it, because whereas it was perhaps something that today wouldn't elicit much of a response, in 97, it was really, uh, really, everyone, it was the talk of the town. Everyone was standing around their water coolers at work the next morning talking about Fiona Apple. And she's like, Maya Angelou said all we can do is make opportunities for ourselves she's like all you people watching this this world is bullshit don't 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 model your, your your yourself after us go with yourself go with yourself and uh and she was just at that point she was like 19 years old she was just really beautiful and young and thin and rich and super talented so everyone was kind of annoyed by her telling us all oh, the world People thought they said, the world is bullshit. Kind of like, was that a few years later? The world is a vampire. No, when was that? That was before or after 97. Maybe around that time, maybe a little bit earlier. The world is a... That was uh, Smashing the Pumpkins. She's like, this world is bullshit. The MTV world. (coughs) Also around that time, she released a music video for her song, Criminal. Which was just an utterly remarkable uh, music video. All I need is a good defense. Cause I'm feeling like a criminal. And yes, there's a police car. Sirens blazing as I talked about the song Criminal. Very, very. Thank you, thank you from the Peanut Gallery of Reality. Yes. And I need to be redeemed to the one I sinned against. 'Cause it's all I ever knew of a love so anyway her she had that style of singing that was just imbued with such confidence which I think was, I mean she's, she was born in 77 so she's a later Gen X individual from G- Generation X but she just had that kind of confidence, talent everything it's really amazing that I think is kind of lacking these days she's a really remarkable talent but the music video was in this like sleazy party. Uh, it almost seemed to be like, uh, like a sl- like sleazy parties in Los Angeles, and almost like the uh, based on like uh, the look of uh, Polaroid pictures being taken because like in a lot of the video her eyes had that red eye effect, and she's like, you know, in various compromising positions. Uh, what a what a video! It, it really made a splash, and I I, I rewatched it, I what a, it is a great music video. I mean, from today's sensibilities, it is perhaps even rather tame, but back then, yeah. And uh, so then she, then around the same time, she goes on Howard Stern, and how, I used to, I mean, of course, I was a huge Howard Stern listener. I know Howard Stern is still technically around today, but I can't really be bothered to get Sirius XM satellite radio to listen to him. That radio, that system sucks. I was even reading uh, on on the fish subreddit, someone's like, I can't believe how repetitive this fish station is. Every one of their channels plays the same shit. If you listen for like 20 minutes, they'll start repeating the songs. And I was reading that the the people that are are currently um, running that place, oh yeah, most of our customers are just driving to work 20 minutes in the morning, and they want to hear songs they know, and what the F. I, I mean, when I start hearing the same song over and over again, I remember remember I had Jury Duty a couple, duty a couple years ago, and I, whatever, I think we had Sirius, and I was listening to one of the stations that was, like, New Wave or something, and they played that frickin' song, 88 Lines About 44 Women, which is a song you may need to hear every ten years, but not. it's not a good song. Like, Jenny was a dun dun, dun-, dun. Lu- Louise was a Scientologist. Okay, shut up! They, every time I drove to jury duty, they played that same frickin' song. The Sirius XM, what a joke. But anyway, back in 97, Howard Stern was at the height of his radio powers. He was on K-Rock, 92.3, regular airwaves, New York City. And it was just the best. So I I listened to a clip of him interviewing her, uh, Fiona Apple, like, I think the next day. And it just, how remarkable. First of all, Howard Stern had this unique way. He, He was just... You know, uh, it's it's hard to describe, but he was just doing stuff that no one could ever do anymore. He's like, oh boy, I'd really love to bang you, you know, <laughs> like, you're so angry. And from today's perspective, it sounds horrible, but it was just amazing. And you hear Jackie the Joke Man snickering in the background whenever Howard reads one of his jokes. He's like, <laughs> and then uh, Gary was, you know, he, they, they they got all these lesbians to come watch, watch her performance. He's like, oh, yeah, we have a wide range of lesbians. And then Fred kept playing Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba... Oh, my God, it was fantastic. And she was really holding her own against Howard. It was just... I remember listening to that live. What a remarkable moment uh, in pop culture, really. I mean, things like listening to the... Over-the-air FM radio, watching the MTV video Music awards, and oh my, and, and watching music videos and MTV was all still relevant. How, uh, what an amazing time. Wow. So I really, really, really enjoyed that. Trip down. Now 26, over 26 years ago now, that was. <laughs> 1997. September 1997, over 26. I was still in my 20s, by the way. I was young, I was 29. I mean, I turned 30 uh, October 3rd of 97. Anyway. Ugh. And I was young. Being in your 20s means you're still young, yes. Yes, indeed. And I know Fiona Apple. I, 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 she had Her latest album, I had to look it up, it was called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It came out in 2020. I know I talked about it on the show. I, I, I listened to it a couple times. It, it didn't do anything for me. Maybe I should revisit it. I don't know. I don't know. There's something about a talent like hers that is the most potent early on. uh, Sort of the cruelty of the human condition when it comes to creativity is that your creative powers are at their height when you're super young and you don't have no life experience to talk about, right? And then by the time you have more life experience, you have more to say creatively, your creative powers have gone kaput. As they do say that they believe the human brain continues to develop until age Twenty-five. So, anyway Oh yeah, this morning I was uh, I was thinking about this life hack Do they still have life hacks? Remember life hacks? That was like a big thing a few years ago Oh, so much time has passed I- I've been so amazed at these things that I, I was almost annoyed by Like, uh, I- I've been talking about in the past couple episodes The hipsters, hipsters are done The whole hipster subculture Finished, it started fizzling out around 2017 That's still a long time ago Even Vaporwave, remember that sort of fake 1980s music genre? That's fizzled out. I mean, like, and maybe life hacks have also fizzled out as a concept. All these newfangled things are now very old, but we'll have to... The bus is coming, so we'll have to get to my life hack uh, once we get to New York City. Let me uh, get ready to go onto the bus. (coughs) Hey, I'm on the bus. Yeah, so the bus pulls up. And uh, that guy was there, the similar man, remember him? was talking to him. He's a guy I used to talk to all the time at the bus stop. Um, anyway, the bus driver gets out of the bus. He's like, I don't think we're going to make it. I <laughs> what do you want? What is, is it just because I'm I'm recording my show that all this weird stuff happens for me to talk about on this show? I don't know. It's like, I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, there must be some sort of huge disaster I didn't hear about. Like, something happened and we can get into New York City, it's like massive flooding or something, crashed UFO on the highway, I don't know why, but no, he's like, my, his windshield wiper's not not working and he can't see, so he had to, he, he got out, he was like wiping it down, I guess he, I guess he's going to get out at like each stop and like wipe down the, the window, he's like, he's like, I can't see, <coughs> my windshield wiper's not working, what's going on with these buses, okay, <laughs> they're not maintaining these buses properly, all right. <laughs> we're not going to make it. So I thought we were going to have to wait till the next bus, but then he, he's like, okay, come on in, come on in. It was a bit of a hyperbole. Hopefully we make it. He was just frustrated. I would be frustrated, too, if I worked for this bus company and they don't maintain the buses properly. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to say. All right, we made it. The window did look a bit wet when I got off the bus, but I think he was able to do it without... The windshield wiper is obviously not the safest thing, but... Yeah, he did. Bus terminal, here we are. <clears throat> oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention with uh, Fiona Apple at the MTV Video Music Awards. Um, and when she was on Howard Stern, she's like, uh, yeah, and Chris Rock made that nasty comment. I guess, was Chris Rock hosting the show? The comedian Chris Rock, and he's like, uh, he's like... Uh, commenting on her speech he's like oh don't blame her she hasn't eaten in a few days something like that kind of you know implying that she was anorexic or something see even back in 97 what was that a couple years ago and he's he's made that comment about jada pinkett smith gi jane too and then what's his name will smith punched him in the face see that guy's always causing trouble Ooh, what's at the liquor store here let's go look in the window It was funny, on the bus, right as I was getting off, I looked down, and there were some crushed candies. And I could swear they looked like Good and Fruity. Remember Good and Fruity, which was a variant of Good and Plenty? Is that even still a thing? Do people still eat Good and Fruity? Or even Good and Plenty? It's one of those things. I don't even know if it's still, uh, you know, around. I'll have to look at, at, like, the newsstand over here. Look, the Black Dog Rum. Was that like, "Hey, Mama," said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove? Right? No, that's song by Led Zeppelin.
2: Uh huh, child, shake that thing.
0: Was he talking about sex? I know "black dog" was a term uh, coined by Mr. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Winston Churchill for depression. clinically like, He was. He was. Uh, he described it as the black dog. That's why you love Zeppelin. But the sex should make them happy, not depressed. What's wrong with those Zeppelin people? Hey, hey, mama said the way you move. Any other good... Jack Daniel's Tennessee Apple Crafted Cocktail, the Apple Fizz? What the hell is that? What is it with these wimpy cocktails? Get out of here. These wimpy cocktails. Apple Fizz. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, another thing that happened. Uh, about another product that... This is so weird. I woke up in the morning, and I was like, this wasn't any kind of, I I don't know if it was a dream, or I don't know what the heck it was, but it was basically, when I woke up the other day, I'm like, Lipton Cup of Soup, whatever happened to that? Do they still have that? Because I remember as a kid, we used to always eat Lipton Cup of Soup. It was kind of like this, uh, what would you say, like, uh, hold on a second, I'm trying to paste it into the... uh, Don't worry, we'll get to the the life hack in a moment. Um, Lipton Cup of Soup. I'm like, did they still make that? It was like this... uh, These little packets of dried... They had like freeze-dried chicken meat, and just it was a powdered like chicken broth, and you just put it in a cup. Lipton Cup of Soup. I remember growing up, we always had that. I'm like, I haven't heard about that in years. So I looked it up. Yes, they are still making it, but what's interesting is that... um, Lipton as a brand is all split. Like, uh, I guess uh, Unilever, that vague conglomerate, uh, owned all of the Lipton stuff, but then they sold off the Lipton tea, one of the Lipton tea divisions for the tea bags, to another company. However, the Lipton tea that you buy pre made in bottles, right, you know, that's actually co owned by Unilever and PepsiCo. And then so some other company owns the, the tea bag company. Two companies own <laughs> the regular, t- the, the tea and bottles, the iced tea and bottles. And then Unilever does still own the, the cup of soup business. So they're all like separate units, but they all use the Lipton brand. What would Mr. Lipton think of this, that his company has been torn asunder like this? I don't know. But they have, they have no vegan cup of soup. Well, obviously there are vegan cup of soup, but not from Lipton. I remember that. I don't know why I woke up in the morning. Like, like almost like, a, like, whatever happened to a Cup of Soup? But uh, what was that? What was the theme song for the old commercials for Good and Plenty? The guy's name was Choo Choo Charlie. This child train, condu- train engineer dude. Charlie says, love that Good and Plenty. Charlie says, really rings a bell. Right? That whole thing. Let's see. There's a uh, Hudson News here. They still actually have magazines, which is amazing in this day and age. <laughs> that, remember that other newsstand in the uh, MetLife Building, the former Pan Am building? Uh, they got rid of all their magazines because yeah, I guess they just were selling like food and drinks and stuff. and greeting cards, kind of similar to magazines in some, some sense. I'm trying to see. and do they still have good and plenty? I don't know. Good morning. morning. You have a good, good and plenty, the candy, Good and plenty. It's like, uh, licorice? Uh, no, I don't think you have it.
1: Yeah. Oh, let me go look,
0: yeah. Uh, Yeah. Trying to see if they have good and plenty.
1: No, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah, no.
0: No good and plenty. Let alone good and fruity.
3: Uh,
0: no, that's not it. Yeah, alright, thank you. Yeah, they don't have it. So how did someone get their hands on Good and Fruity? Maybe a, like a time traveler from like the 1990s got on the bus and like snuck into the 2020s. They're like, yeah, I've had enough of the 2020s. I'm going back to the 90s, damn it. Hope, hopefully that was only just one possible future. Hopefully the actual 2020s would be a lot better than that. <laughs> I don't know the status of Good and Plenty. Is it owned by Hershey's like everything else? What happened? Remember, I, I, I have another one of those chocolate bars at home of the um, Choco Lonely where they're called Choco Lonely because they're the lonely chocolate company. Well, what sense does that make? Because they're like, we're the only chocolate company that doesn't use slave labor for our chocolate. Apparently it's true. Apparently Hershey's and all the rest allegedly... Uh, They themselves don't enslave people, but they buy choco pods or whatever they what do they call that? What what is the chocolate made out of? Uh, Cacao or something? They buy it from companies that that enslave people, like they kidnap children and make them force them to work on the chocolate plantations in Africa and stuff. So, and apparently they're not doing enough to uh, curb. So there's only one chocolate company that doesn't use slaves. Can you imagine when you bite into that delicious? Chocolate bar, you're supporting slavery. Whatever happened with that? Well, I, I guess that's a good thing about candies like Good and Plenty. There's no chocolate in it, so no slavery. Ergo, no, no, uh, no moral issues What's going on here. It's a very foggy morning. Yes, I, I think it is raining out here. Oh, I'm so happy I got the good umbrella out of the car. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's raining. I've been dealing with such crappy umbrellas. This is a good one. They were like lo- these good umbrellas. We had two of them. They were like they were like lost. They were like in the back hatchback of the car like underneath all these bags and stuff. So when I went to Belvedere, New Jersey a while back, like I had to use this shitty crappy little umbrella that had like metal me- metal sticking out everywhere wrong with these people? Oh, I guess I guess everyone was walking against the uh, crosswalk. Me included. I was just, I was just like a lemming going with the crowd. <laughs> and then everyone starts honking their giant truck horns. What's up with you people? We need to go. Ah, what do you want? Alright, we're on 42nd Street here. Yeah, so this life hack... Oh, there is like an old-time candy store. Oh, it's on the other side down. They probably have good and plenty there, I think. At it's Sugar... I mean, I don't really want any... Go- I'm not really in the mood for any, any of those types of candies at the moment, but I can look it up. Oh, here's five guys. Good spot for uh, french fries because they're technically vegan. They don't cook anything else in the same oil. At Last I checked. What what were life hacks? Wasn't there a website called Life Hacker? I think it was one of those blogs that was... Part of a blog conglomerate that all that all went under didn't that happen? I don't know. It seems like every time you turn on the internet, another company is going going under, going out of business. It's very difficult times. Anyway, uh, so this life hack—I've talked about this one before—but I, I find this to be so—it's so unintuitive, but it's so—it's—it's it's like an—I think it's an important thing to think about in life. Which basically, if you clean something up a little bit, it gets a lot better. It looks a lot better. So for example, if there's like uh, kind of a mess that something spilled or there's some junk somewhere and you look at it like, oh God, that's going to be so much work to clean up. It's sort of about that feeling of like facing a task and oh God, that's too much work. I don't want to do it right now. The idea that especially with cleaning up, if you just clean up something a little bit, it'll look so much better. If you clean something like 10%, it'll look like 90% better. If you just get the big things and leave some of the little things. I know this seems to be promoting laziness, but that's not the point. I'm trying to say uh, you wouldn't think so, but just doing a little bit makes something a lot better. But I think even more importantly, this actually also relates to tasks, such as like doing the dishes, let's say. Like, oh, God, there's so many dishes. It's going to take so long to do them. Ugh, I can't deal with it right now. But if you just do a little bit, right, do a little bit. Don't even worry about doing the whole thing. Just do a little bit. Like, put a few, you know, put a few dishes in the dishwasher. Then it'll, then if you re-examine the situation, you'll be like, oh, wow, that's like that, that doesn't seem so bad. Now, that, the task now, if you just do a little bit, Right, then your analysis of the whole task will be, oh, that's not that bad. So so it's really counterintuitive. Like you don't. It's almost like you're looking at. I'm talking about any kind of a task. You have to do that. You know, you're like, oh, I can't. I have. I don't have the energy to do that right now. But, right, because you're (laughs) somehow in your mind, you're like analyzing. Oh God, this is going to take forever to do this. But you don't think like if I do. 10% 10% of it, then I think in your mind, I think the thing is like if, if you you're sort of thinking if you do 10%, that the 100% will still be there for you to do. But no, now it's only 90%, right? And I think that the way that we judge the degree of a task, right, that even if it's 90%, when you re-examine it, it'll be it'll be like 50% better like oh, oh that's not so bad I can, I, I can handle that but I, I don't it's one of those things that's not intuitive like you, you don't I find myself doing this all the time so I don't know if it's just me or is this of any use to anyone else but this is like a life hack just when you're facing a task of any sort don't worry about doing the whole thing just do just worry about doing a little bit and then the whole then the, the remaining task will seem far easier right than it would seem I'm sure I could word that a bit better, but I think you see what I'm saying. This is my life hack of the day, right? Just doing a little bit makes, will make then revisiting it will be a lot, lot less um, heavy, right? Oh, wow, there's someone on one of those... What do they call those things? Hoverboard, scooter things? Those things have gone through... It's, it's, it's almost like a segue with just the bottom part. Those things have gone through many iterations. What's going on here? Times Square is like endless construction. Remember on the corner here where there's an H&M now? Remember that they had that Wired magazine pop-up event? <laughs> that was many years ago. Indeed. What's that hellish noise? I don't know. So every time I come in, I, I, I hope the Amazon Go store is still open. Because I know they've been shutting, shuttering a lot of those. Because I need my sushi for breakfast. That's my, my traditional bread. Maybe I'll go for a double sushi today. Maybe I'll treat myself to double sushi. Du- <laughs> double sushi acid. You know, just like the, the avocado rolls or whatever. It's a damn good breakfast. Not cheap. But what the hell is cheap anymore? Nothing. Not of anything is cheap no more No So yeah, this morning I was kind of uh, Kind of related to the life hack Like last night, I, I was just out of it I don't know what was going on Yesterday it was just dark and gloomy and rainy Just like today I had like no energy So I, I, didn't, do a, I didn't do the dishes or anything I mean, have a dishwasher, but you still got to do it You know uh, You got to put the stuff in the dishwasher and then take the other stuff out and stuff. Uh, so this morning I'm like, you know, had a nice sleep, good night's sleep. Weird dreams about carpeted stairwells. Now it's time to do the dishes. So, and also I made coffee and I, and, and I, I cleaned the cat's water fountain. I did, I did so much stuff this morning. So I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm going into the city. I, I'm not going to want to do this stuff when I get home. See, kindness towards your future self rather than the usual screwing over your future self. So, I'm there. i kind of, It was the point. I, I made coffee first, and then I did the dish. So, and I'm there. This freaking centipede starts crawling around, around on the countertop, and it's not like any centipede I've ever seen. It was long and slim, and I was like, "What am I going to do with the centipede?" And like, I don't. I don't like killing bugs. I really would prefer not to. And um, I'm like. But it was... I'm like, now when I start doing the dishes, it's going to get crushed whatever. So, in the cat food uh, boxes, there's this thin piece of cardboard that separates the two layers of cat food cans. So I save those, and that's what I use to, like, trap... Usually spiders. You know, I, I, I put a cup over them and then slide the cardboard in and then take them outside. I know it's not always feasible to, to use that method. Sometimes you have to kill bugs, but... Whenever I can, I like to try to do it that way. And I'm like, listen, it's warm out now. Today's warm, but then it's going to probably get cold again. So am I just sort of sentencing this poor centipede to false hope of the freakishly warm weather today? And then in a few days, well, I don't know. How long do these things live? They might not even live more than a few days. I've got to think it's more pleasant to be outside for a centipede than inside now. But I never even saw it, because we had, um, not some, not this house, but in our, in our last place we had the house centipedes, which are horrific looking, like thousand-legged monstrosities, but they uh, they like eat spiders and stuff, and they, they would not hurt, they, they cannot, their bite could never pierce human skin, and they're, they say don't kill them because they're beneficial, but they're so horrific looking. Um, but this one was thin, and I don't know, so... I was hoping it'd be easy, I just, it was crawling along, and I uh, i put that thin cardboard sheet down right in front of it, and it crawled right on it, so I brought it out onto the porch and, and, and put it down, and I'm like, okay, hopefully, hopefully uh, it, it didn't have a family or whatever inside, and now it's outside, because, I mean, to me, it's a few feet, but to, it's probably like thousands of miles to the centipede, far away from where it came from, or hundreds of miles. I don't know, I'd have to do some calculations. But you know what I'm saying. So it was actually, uh, yeah, I had, ne- but I never saw that kind of centipede before in my life. Because we used to, as kids, we used to, like, you know, pick up rocks in the woods and stuff, and you see all the bugs under there, including centipedes, millipedes, pill bugs, things like that. But I never saw this kind before. So hopefully it's doing all right. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want? I gave it a chance, at least a chance, at a centipede life. Or... Like, at any level, do Centipedes know about the video game Centipede? You know what I mean? Like, because they inspired one of the great classic arcade video games from uh, Atari, Centipede. And its sequel, Millipede. Why was there not a third one of that? Were they working on a third one? Megapede. Would have would have been Megapede? Centa, meaning, uh, one one hundredth, mila meaning one one thousandth, and that, no, it would have been micropede, micropede would be the next one, I don't know, was there ever a micropede? There could have been, anyways, I better get my, uh, I better get my app, my Amazon app so I can go in the store and get my sushi breakfast and then go to work. Alright, it's lunchtime. So I was uh, quite disappointed they did not have any they did not have any sushi at the Amazon Go.
2: Elevator B 11 going down.
0: Yeah, it's elevator B11, B11, right? Cuz in uh, the last uh, Boards of Canada album which was in 2012, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, they have that quote B11, B11. I think that was from a Channel 11 promo. B-11, B-11. Yeah. Anyways, as I mentioned, I was quite disappointed. They did not have any sushi at Amazon Go. So my sushi breakfast, every other time they've had sushi breakfast, but uh, yeah, this time they did not have it. So I had to uh, improvise. They had the vegan falafel snack box, which was a a bit of a uh, downgrade from the vegan sushi, but I had that. I also got some vegan jerky. The Louisville vegan jerky, definitely, definitely not my one of my favorite vegan jerkies. My favorite vegan jerky is that um, Stonewall's jerky, jerky, and uh, I can never find it anymore. It was so good. I used to get it at the Health Nuts over on First Avenue, but that place is gone now too. Anyway, I got to figure out what to get for lunch. But, yeah, one I wanted to talk more about sort of the issue, like the life hack I was talking about. It sort of brings up another issue. Well, the first issue is my theory. Why is it when you need to do something you feel like this resistance? You feel like, ugh, I have to do the dishes, ugh, you know. Um, and a theory I came up with in the past is that We do technically, potentially have the capacity to manifest whatever we can think of. You know people talk about this, uh, the law of attraction or the secret, whatever you think will happen. So perhaps we do have that power or that capacity, but uh, I think if if you thought about, if that really worked, you just thought something and it happened be a very different lifestyle, right, it would be a very different way of life, right, it would be, um, what is this racket, oh, they're building another skyscraper over here, uh, we can imagine that whatever we, whatever we want happens, yes, but clearly it would be a very different, it would just sort of be a series of whatever your whim or whatever your desire, but then where do your whims and desires come from? Right, like right now, your whim, your desires come from stem from uh, the human condition, right? So you're hungry, so you want some food. You're tired, so you want a bed to sleep in, right? But if you had this capacity just to do anything, you would be beyond human, right? And it would be so. Where would your desires come from? I guess that's the question. Where, where do what? Like that. That's when people were going on and on about the law of attraction it was like, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. But uh, but I always was wondering, like, where do these things that you want to happen come from, anyway? It's like, you can do anything except control like, the raw desires. That's sort of a separate issue. These are like all connected issues here. Um, so, the idea is, let's say we do have that ability, but then it would produce a rather, let's say, disjointed uh, experience. It wouldn't be a particular... Over time, I mean, you might imagine if you suddenly had that power to snap your finger and anything happens, yes. It could be fun for a while. But um, that's because we're at this limited state that if we imagine... There's so many things that we want that we can't have. If we imagine getting it all, it sounds like it would be fun, but I don't know. So, let's say that the system was designed so that our capacity to manifest is uh, I know what I'm trying to say, I I can't think of the right words, what what if they create kind of a uh, a system of resistance so that if you want something you will feel resistance and you have to kind of push through it and it's kind of unpleasant to feel that resistance to make it happen And that, I think, might be one aspect of what's going on here, is that in order to create a certain style of life, the uh, capacity to manifest has to be, resistance has to be added to it. So that, I want to create, I want to go get lunch. Okay, well, you have to walk to the place to get it, you know, and put effort into thinking about where you're going and stuff like that. I want to do the dishes Ugh! what's that feeling of resistance of why can't i just i need to do dishes let me just do it why do you feel like Ugh! why do you feel that but yeah that's so i think that might be sort of a key factor to how we're we're operating here just a theory but another thing that's sort of related i suppose like yesterday when i'm thinking like because i don't come into the office very often and I'm like, oh my god, going into the office, being there with other people, like, like in the moment I was just thinking, like, I can't imagine what it would be like to go to the office anymore, even though I've been there a million times. Um, weird fluorescent lights in the garbage can, that's odd, very slim fluorescent lights. Kind of slim in the same way the centipede was slim. Centipedes and fluorescent lights, connections, uh... Centipedes and Fluorescent Lights, is that... I still need to come up with a title for this episode. I, I realized, like, uh, we'll get back to this co- concept in a moment, but I realized, like, I didn't have any show art for today, so... I took that one picture of the train track, so I'm going to use that. I now need to come up with a title. Centipedes and Fluorescent Lights? Mm, I don't know. That doesn't sound good. It's, there's something there, but it's not quite, yeah. Fluorescent Centipedes? No. It's not good. Anyway, I'll come up with something. Um, anyway, uh, but almost Zelig, you know, like the movie Zelig, where Woody Allen was this character who sort of took on the characteristics of the people around him. I've noticed this. That, like, I feel like sort of a sense of it feels almost like a despair in a way. Oh my God, how am I going to possibly be able to go in the office and be, be there and be around everyone? But then you go there and everything's fine. It's almost like you're picking up the vibrations around you, kind of like morphic resonance, you know, Rupert Sheldrake's thing. And I noticed that very markedly in Italy when I was driving over the Dolomites on the Great Dolomite Road. Remember this whole thing? Where I'm like... Like, I was apprehensive about driving in Italy, but now I'm going to do, like, the high degree of difficulty drive over the mountains with all these switchbacks and bicycle riders and everything else. And yet, in the moment... I was there. I just all made sense, and it was like it all. I, I was sort of picking up the vibes of the of the environment, and just it all. It, like I could drive in this very hazardous and bizarre way, and it just seemed natural to me. Just like I'm in the office today, and everything seems fine. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A child could do it. <laughs> to quote Dr. McCoy when he replaced Ch- Spock's brain, you know what I'm saying? It's just weird, like... I know these are all separate issues, but they're kind of connected, that there's, like, this... vibe you pick up on, or morphic resonance you pick up on, and, uh, it just sort of, like, makes everything... It just sort of informs what you're doing. And that relates to another life hack type thing that I remember hearing on the radio years ago, which is, uh... What was that guy's name? Barry Farber, I think was his name. Um... Something similar. He said that if you're feeling despair in the moment, you should be able to remember back to there's times you were feeling despair, but then the next day you felt better. But somehow in the moment, you can't visualize. You know, like a lot of times you can visualize things, but you can't seem to visualize feeling happy when you're sad. You see what I'm saying? Though you should, you can, you can know that, right? You f- you probably tomorrow you'll feel better, but in the moment, it's hard to imagine feeling better. You know, you know what I mean? And he's so his hat, life hack was more like, so when you're when you're feeling like that, yes, there's some flaw in the human mind that will not let you. Uh, visualize or simulate that feeling of happiness that you will most likely have tomorrow or or less sadness or whatever so even though you can't simulate it you should be able to intellectually know that it will be. and and it's just it's kind of a similar thing it's so weird how there's so many things we can visualize and simulate in our minds but it seems like major feelings and stuff you can't do all right, here's Barnes & Noble. I think I'm going to skip it for this time. Restrooms are for customers only. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, I just wanted to... I was, those topics really come, come to mind. Ooh, look, knock, uh, fake handbags on the... Oh, my, my employer's handbags are not there. It's other employers, yes. Where am I going? That's a good question. I'm just kind of heading to the s- vaguely to the northeast. See what I can find food-wise. I don't want to go to that urban space. I'm just I'm kind of done with that place. Uh, maybe I'll go to the Hue. I, I haven't been to the Hue in a while. Where is that? I'm kind of going in the right direction for the Hue. Over at the City Group, there used to be a Barnes and Noble there too. Remember years ago when uh, Reuben and Clara came to the U.S. <laughs> I'm like I got to show you this great bookstore, Barnes and Noble at Citigroup Center. And we go there and the place is shut down. And Ruben was like, oh, I felt so bad for him. You could tell he really was excited and the place was gone. All
1: right.
0: Yes, a bunch of people just stopped on the sidewalk and I couldn't move any further. Wasn't there that place, what's that place up here? One of those depressing deli places that has that basement seating area, is that, is that up here? So what would you call that? Picking up the vibe of something and then it's, it's like much easier than you, th- you thought it would be. Then there's another explanation for that that's a little, <laughs> a little more annoying, which is that, this is that if this world is just a video game, being at work is just another subroutine in the game. It's, like it's a pre-programmed, so it's not like you're picking up a vibe, you're just following the program. Yeah, this place called uh, ETC everything. I guess I'll go, I, I, every time I go in here, I never can find anything good to eat, so. Let's see. See, they have two doors, and someone was coming out the other door, so I went around to the other door, so I didn't have to move, I didn't have to encounter them. Oh look, they have Lenny and Larry's complete cookie, that's good, but I don't know. There's a really nice depressing seating area down there. So, if I could possibly find anything to eat here, you know, that would be cool. But again, I, this, these kind of places, my current uh, vegan proclivities generally uh, make it difficult to uh, find anything I have here. Yeah. See, there's, like the, there's blatant chunks of meat, but then there's things like fried rice and everything else. Where you, I don't know what they, what they use to make that bowls and I, I have gotten noodles here a few times, but it was kind of not great. And they do have some sushi and stuff. Let's see. Mm. Brown and quinoa cucumber avocado roll. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling it. I don't know. You, you would imagine that... You would imagine they'd have something. Just throw... It like have the little vegan corner with two things so someone like me that comes in can find something and give them money but no I guess it doesn't represent a significant percentage for them to worry about one way or the other
3: <laughs> okay cool
0: <laughs> uh, nice comment from the peanut gallery there's that building oh it's so cool that building they're building let me go look at that building uh, it's, it's a new uh, J.P. Morgan Chase concept it's kind of a brownish building cool patterns on the outside I wonder what it's called but they're doing that thing where like the base is slimmer and then the building is built up kind of like at the Citigroup center you know where there's like these thin rods at the bottom and then there's this huge building on top of it it doesn't, it doesn't look like it should be able to stand you know Oh, this building's turning out pretty cool. There's like a diamond pattern on it. That's almost evocative of the uh, the two World Trade Center they were going to build with the diamond patterns on it. Does that have some occult meaning? I don't know. But it's here on uh, whatever, 47th and uh, whatever this road is. Is this like Madison or something? Yeah, this is the, yeah. there's the place I used to work up there. Briefly, in 2004, I worked up there. Oh, what a disaster that was. So yeah, it's Madison uh, 47th and 48th. Yeah, yeah. But I thought they had the name of the building over here. It's very cool looking. I think it's maybe post-post-post-modern architecture. Or something. I don't know. It's nice out here, though. I was going to come out without my jacket, but I'm like, yeah, no. I have my recorder and my cigars in here. Let me get a little Grifino uh, cigarillo going here cigar action. Excuse me while I light my cigar. I like that little jet lighter I got at the house of uh, Monte Cristo over there on Route 10. Yeah, there's an entrance to Grand Central over here. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of cylinders that look... Or circles that look like part of the uh, design of the exterior of the building. That's kind of cool. That's kind of mid-century. Is this a video game? I mean, I, I feel like whatever this is, this world that I'm in... I'm only comparing it to a video game because it's something I'm familiar with that has these characteristics. It's a world that's artificial that people go into. I don't know it's artificial. It could be natural. It could just be... I mean, could this world really just be a world that exists and is not simulated within a larger world? I know a lot of people consider that. There's nature, there's physics, and there was a big bang, and nothing was directed. There's something very romantic about that notion. That the world is real, and uh, not planned out or designed by anyone else. It just sort of happened. Huh? (laughs) I mean, when you really think about it, that sounds kind of like wishful thinking, but people consider it scientific-like. It's all scientific, like. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if they have the uh, the name of this building. I, don't know. I know I looked it up in the past. All right. So where is that, like Citigroup Center? What street? Oh, this is the uh, the Park Avenue over here. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice out it's, I think it turned out to be it's like 56 out here or something or 59 maybe beautiful oh there's the Helmsley building that was another great thing on Howard's turn. they would rip on Leona Helmsley the queen of mean like I guess her husband started this real estate empire and he was about like a hundred so she took it over and she was this cranky old woman that would just yell at everyone so they had Billy West imitating her <laughs> in fact, my father used to work in a construction company here in New York City called um, Morse Diesel, I think and I could swear what is this, someone wrote something on here, hold on, we're going to look at that he said that uh, someone he knew had a meeting with Leona Helmsley and came back and like curled up on the floor in a fetal position and started sucking his thumb like an adult grown man that's how mean she was I, I don't know if that's the exact story, but it was something like that like like, he, he, he was so stressed out from meeting Leona Helmsley. He, he, he became like a baby again. All right, let's see. Jesus saves. Jesus walks into a funeral home, hands the something, three nails, and says, Can you put me up for the night? Right, this, is, this is another joke, but it's all faded. Is that a joke? It's not a good joke. Why would someone get, like, a Sharpie and write that on a concrete column or, or a street light? They had to show their disrespect for the Jesus in some way, shape, or form. (sighs) Dialectics, man. Keep people locked in to certain points of view. All right, I'm going this way now. I'm going this way. Wandering around. What building is that? Why does that look familiar? was that song I played on the other side recently, Eagle Mall. It's the greatest lost song ever. And at one point, Hunter's like, Tale of the Wandering Jew. (laughs) (laughs) Oil my joints and tape my bones. It's time to walk again around the ring. I think I'm the only person that I know of that is actually paying attention to that most important of Grateful Dead adjacent works. Eagle Mall. Yeah, Robert Hunter, who in collaboration with Jerry Garcia wrote a majority of the Grateful Dead works. And uh, one song that he wrote, the lyrics to, Eagle Mall Suite, presented it to the Grateful Dead and to Jerry Garcia. And they said, uh, you know, great lyrics, Bob, but you know, there's nothing we can do with it. I think Garcia's uh, self-effacing comment was, "Listen, we're a dance band, man. We can't, we can't figure out how to make this into a song." Though they did later do um, Terrapin Station Suite*, which was a similar situation, and they only did the first few parts. There's a lot more parts to it than the Grateful Dead did, but that's the only, that's the extent to which they could figure out how to make it, make it work. Right. But they couldn't figure out Eagle Mall at all. And that was in the late 1960s. There's the building I want. Ah, it looks kind of far away. But a journey of a thousand steps starts with a single footstep. So, will it, so like, the life hack, once I've walked a block, the, the remaining distance will be so much less. It'll seem like less. It seems like a lot now, but let's see. A block from now, will it seem less? What, are they making a movie over here? There's all this filmmaking equipment on all those streets. Was that a production assistant? Used to carry walkie-talkies, but now they just have phones, obviously. Whatever happened to the walkie-talkie industry, man? That must be uh, murder. Remember people used to always, like, press a button and... What was that? Uh, what were those phones where you, they were like walkie-talkies, but they were cell phones? I was trying to remember what that was. Sprint or something? No, it wasn't Sprint. Anyway. Yeah, so Eagle Mall... Uh, he wrote this whole epic song and uh, the Grateful Dead like couldn't figure out what to do what to do with it so finally in 1980 just 1980 Robert Hunter and his uh, solo appearances performed Eagle Mall a handful of times maybe f- six seven eight times and many of the recordings are preserved and I played every single one of them on the other side multiple times I even sang the whole song once I remember I was sitting in the brian park on the grass and i recited eagle mall and uh what an amazing song and i don't know i haven't even heard of anyone covering it or trying to revive it or anything as big as the grateful dead dead is when you, and that's not even that's i wouldn't think that's the most obscure thing related to the grateful dead but oh also i played that recently played that song uh, revolutionary hamstrung blues the song that barely even exists, the Grateful Dead performed it once, and that was it. So the recording of that one performance, it was never revisited. The lyrics weren't even available for decades afterwards. Finally someone found the lyrics, because the recording with um, Brent Midland singing was very hard to figure out. Speed Razor and his arcade androids, sweet little frozen nose Sue. Godzilla's grandmother (laughs) You know, it's a great song I'm fascinated by this stuff That wasn't by Hunter That was by that other guy The guy who also wrote New New Potato Caboose Which, it's a pretty obscure song I don't even know how that one goes What's the one I know One way or another That's New Speedway Boogie Not new, New Potato Caboose One way or another Oh, there's this other food hall here. See, this is always what happens. I, I'm going up to this other place, then I hit this food hall, and then I just go here. No, I'm going all the way this time. Going all the way to the Hue. It feels like a Hue kind of day, but there is, a, there is an urban space over here. There used to be a cigar store here that was really good. Barclay Rex. I used to go there all the time. I'd love to have an actual tobacconist again, but I know it's tough to have a tobacconist these days. But yeah, it's like, Oil my joints and tape my bones, it's time to walk around the ring again. Dun, 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 dun. It's firmly stood my ground, John Silver, old buck to the wheel ply. So it's about these people hanging out with this weird ancient giant named John Silver, he was, he was like this ancient giant from like the earlier times such a cool song and then there's a part where man and the devil are talking and let me float a marker into time as a game, like the devil's gonna drop this marker into time and then man divides itself, himself up into like it did like billions of copies of himself to help find this marker just as a game, just as something to do. Listen, it's a great song that no one even knows about. I like it. <laughs> ring ring the ring swat qua. Ring ring the wing soat qua ring allevio the golden ring. Has the me to round not a very vegan song. Year by year, the world evolves, day by day. And then he gave up on the song. He, I don't think he ever he, he played a fragment of it, I think, in um, the House of Blues in Los Angeles, like in the 90s or something. And I don't think anyone even realized, because the power went out. And he had to fill time, and he, and he starts off. Oil my joints and tape my bones, it's time to walk around the ring again. Alright, what do we got here? There's Citigroup. Or City City it used to be City Corps Center, but then they became a, they stopped being a corp and they became a group. Or is it the other way around Were they Citigroup and then they became City Corp? Like Corporation, but I guess they shortened it to sound cool. Are you the City Corporation? Yeah, we shortened it to City Corp. It's like our nickname, City Corp, not City group. Where are we going? Is that sort of like a psychological question or a philosophical question? Where are we going, really? I, lo- I love these comments from the peanut gallery. You hear these snippets of conversation. They did that in that game. I, don't, I, I played it for, for a while, that game, um, Grand Theft Auto V. You, as you're walking around their version of California, you hear these little snippets of conversation like you do in the real world. So it's been established that video games do that. And you're saying this isn't a video game? <laughs> it's not a video. Game. It's, it's a thing like that has structural similarities to a video game, in, in theory. Maybe I should find a quote from Eagle Mall to be today's show title. That could be an interesting uh, ex- exercise in futility. <laughs> oh, look, there's a Fiat 500. That was the kind of car I was originally going to get in Italy, but we got upgraded to a, uh, a, hy- I'd like to tell you, a Hybrid. Automatic, which is actually much better for driving over the mountains. (laughs) Indeed. Alright, so what do we got over here? The hue. That's what we want, the hue. Do They still have that waterfall out there. That's definitely a place I sort of see in my mind from time to time, the cool architectural waterfall outside the city group. You know, you go there's like like a you go down one level. There's an entrance to the subway there, and an the entrance to the Hue. Well, it wasn't... Back then, it, there was no Hue. H-U-G-H, by the way. Not H-U-E. Or H-U-W. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which way should I go in? I think I'm going to go in the side entrance, because that, that's... I, I always go in this other entrance. I'm going to go in the side entrance at this point. It matters to me, the entrance I use because it relates to the experiential quality of things. Let's see. That that waterfall feature kind of reminds me of when I was talking about the food court a couple episodes ago, what they had at the Prams Park Mall. If I go over here, I should be able to see if it's it's still there. there. Yeah, it's still there, see? Yeah, it's like brutalist concrete with water running down it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that brutalist style. Oh, there's another Amazon Go up here. Maybe they have... Uh... <laughs> I could just get some uh, sushi there, but I think I should get more food hall food. Listen, it's going to cost an arm and a leg no matter how you, no, no matter how you slice it. It's going to cost an arm and a leg. So what do you want? What do you want? It ain't cheap. E- eating lunch in New York City is not cheap. Ring, ring, the ring swat qua. Ring, I'll leave you the golden ring. Here's the hue. Alright. Here's the hue. H-U-G-H. All right. I'm just gonna get what I usually get. Same old uh, vegan ramen. Probably, but I'll have a look around. So is this place like here all the time, or did it only sort of appear because I'm here? Or, you know what I mean? Like, is it always here? Yes, of course it is. I'm just being very self-centered. What, does the world revolve around me? (laughs) No. Well, maybe. (laughs) No. Alright, here's the Avocadaria. Uh mm, it's chicken. No, I don't want chicken. Free bird chicken. Uh chicken, chicken. Oh they do have vegan stuff though. I don't know, maybe I should get some vegan stuff. Uh let me, let me pause. I'm feeling very un, uncertain about what food to get. Oh, there's the waterfall. Another view of the waterfall there. Brutalist. All right. I got some stuff. I got the vegan ramen, of course. And I got a little bottle. It looks like a beer bottle, but it's of... Uh, oh, what is it? Like, uh, sake or something. Perhaps the most expensive lunch I've ever got. I don't even know how it got to be so expensive. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... yeah. The tax and everything—it was like forty something. That's insane. It's insane. It's a—it's—it's a, it's, it's a once-in-a-while thing. It's an indulgence. It's insane. The hell, man! Listen, we're having fun, aren't we? <laughs> it's insane. Is this like an alcoholic drink? Yeah, it is, right? It's a little bottle of sake. It should be all right. Oh, it's soju. I didn't realize it's like, yeah, I was just looking to get a beer, but yeah. Th- that's why it was so expensive, because I got the soju. Listen, we're doing it, all right? all right? Let me see if I can find those lyrics and find a find show title here. All right, the first part is called John Silver. Here we go. Something in here I'm going to make the show title. Oil my joints and tape my bones, it's time to walk again around the ring. Right? yes, thank you. That was fast. Got all the stuff in here, nice. Hold on, I'll let me find a seat. All right, plenty of seats to be had. I have one facing this giant clock on the wall. Remember I was here in the past and there was I did an episode called Occult Wave and it was like an, a view of the ceiling. I and mean, what do we got in here? Got a lot of stuff. This napkins, chopsticks, fork, those little Japanese spoony things the ramen itself I gotta pour the broth over it yeah and we have the uh, it is the uh, it's called Jinro is Back is the name of this world's number one spirits Jinro is Back and the, the logo is like a frog it's a blue and gray logo and blue, gray, and white with two shades of blue it's wild Jinro is back. And on the back, there's another picture of a more 3D cartoon version of the frog. I guess this is uh, Korean. It's in the uh, Hangul hangul script. Hangul. And it comes with a little cup. Makbar. Korean grub. Nice. Let's see what's going on here. I don't know what to do first. Sing the song or eat the ramen or whatever. Let's have some more. Jinro is back. Extremely dreamlike name of this uh, sake. Is there an alcohol? Oh, 16.5%? Yeah. Yeah. That's like drinking two beers. Well, two IPAs, so. (laughs) That's not bad, actually. It's kind of smooth. Jinro is back. What does it mean? It's back. And it's a frog. What the hell's up with this frog situation? I don't know. To make the ramen here. I know Robert Hunter's in the recordings is like, this will take a while to sing. If you need to use the bathroom, please uh, take your bathroom break now so I can sing the song. Blow well, my joints and tape my bones, it's time to walk again around the ring. For seven long years we marched through the deserts of long-lost John Silver, old buck to the wheel plied he. Turn it down round under where the moon pit glitters through the valley of the shadows ran he. No one knows how long we were gone. Time ain't reckoned that way in the moon pit desolate world below. Ooh, the world below! Kind of like my dream. Come shoulder John's wheel, heave it up and around Then follow the trail till it cuts on down On down through the vision of a bright hot fire Whoever can tell what things make a man John Silver, old Buck, did the best you can A mighty old giant from the dawn of time who moved like a dancer through the pits of lime In the nightmare castles of the lonely I followed him out one dawn Firmly stood my ground could have run, but I didn't at all. Shoulder John's wheel, heave it up, and around, and follow the trail till it cuts on down. Don't run, don't hide, don't reckon, just wander on through. Just wander on through, that sounds like a good title. Old John pulled the wheel, like silver was he, drew a breath, wiped a sweat, grinned wide and bright, said, follow me down when the wheel draws tight. Down I allow... In the shadowy pit, where he glistened like an angel in the, where he glistened like an angel in the bright hot fire, with a voice like silken thunder, he'd sing of the world down under. To tunes to chill your bones, set your eyes afire, while night passed over like a summer shower. When he sang away the dark and brought the dawn in, the old folks gather sometimes at night. In the desert stars, our eyes of light, we talk of an evening when the moon is clear about John Silver and the wheel of fear, how we march single file through the bright hot fire. To the edge of the desert we came, to the land that had no name. John Silver turned back to the desert retired to gather the souls that were still untried, untried by the vision of a bright hot fire. Gaintree led the men, with copper next in command. Yes. <clears throat> Gangtree led the men. Someone needed my chair. With copper next in command. Through the desert's heat to the cool of night. For days on edges where the sun burned bright. Bright as the silver-eyed wheel drawn tight. For seven long years we marched. Through the deserts of long lost. John Silverold Buck to the wheel plied he. Turn it down round under where the moon pit glitters through the valley of the shadows ran he. So just wander on through. C- combined with that picture, I I, I-, I dig it. I'm going to write that down. Just wander on through. That'll be today's uh, title. Just wander on through. All right, I'm going to have ramen now. There's a lot more to this song. That was only the first part. Just wander on through. That's pretty decent. Sub- subconsciously, as I've heard this song so many times, I must have known there was a good show title in there somewhere. Alright. <clears throat> this, vi- this ramen is really good. It's better than I remember it the last time, which was quite a while ago. I'm sure you were here with me, though, when I came here last time. Maybe a year or two ago, a couple years ago. Anyway, Jinro is back. Right? Let me have some more of this stuff here. I found a listing online of it. Jinro Soju is the predecessor of Chamisul Soju, d- dubbed as Jinro is back. This new release is the latest craze among soju lovers. First released in Korea in April 2019, it has sold 100 million bottles within the first seven months. You know it's good While preserving the concept of the nostalgic look of the transparent blue soju bottle of the past decades... This revived Jinro Soju has also reinvented itself to indulge the palate and trend of contemporary consumers. While much lower in alcohol per volume than the original version, the milder Jinro is back still boasts a smooth and crisp Soju flavor with a subtle kick. Nice. <clears throat> this, is like, this is turning into like an epic lunch. So, the reason why it costs like $44 and change, which is insane. I think that's the most expensive lunch I've ever had but for myself ever in New York City. So, the vegan miso donjang ramen is $17. The soju is $15 plus a $3 surcharge for Jinro is back. So, I guess they have rotating uh, soju brands. I guess $15 is the base price and then they adjust the additional price based on which one they have that's 18 that comes to 35 310 tax 3810 and then they're like you know I don't never know you're supposed to do a tip I, I did like the lowest tip and then that brought me to 44 insane I, I, I mean I guess once in a while I could afford it I, I, it feels good to get the good food and now sit in this food court area by the way like this woman came up to me before it's like excuse me I'm like yes she's like your jacket is on the ground it keeps falling So I had to jam it behind my back so it doesn't keep falling,
1: you
0: know. There's there's a group of women over here. I think one of them is the one that told me about my jacket. They're the one that that took my chair, but then they didn't need it. They're having some sort of meeting or something. Oh, while we're at it, let me look up uh, Good and Fruity. Let's see. Good and fruity. Good and fruity. Is it still available? Are good and fruity candy discontinued? Here's a good question. What does it say? They have been discontinued in stores, but through research on the internet, I found this store. Good and fruity. I mean, is the word fruity kind of forbidden now? Because it kind of, in the past, had a certain uh, connotation? No, I don't think people even use that word Like like in the Membrane Spinal Tap. This old fruit. I'm as God made me, sir. Good and fruity. Mm. In mid-2018 the candy went out of production again. Okay, so it's so the uh, the time traveler theory may still be in play, you know. Good and fruity. What about that commercial? Charlie says Love that good and funny. Charlie says really rings a bell. Let me see if we can find that. I didn't check if Good and Plenty was dead, too.
1: <coughs> oh, choo choo.
0: Kind of reminds me, though, of that in uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. They had that evil choo choo train. Remember that whole thing with the riddles? Remember that whole thing? I never was really one for riddles. Does it like riddles? Why, yes, uh, after a fashion. Was that guy's name Orson Bean, who played Bilbo? It's like very bad internet in here. Considering, considering how expensive the food is in here, we should have better internet, don't you think? No, not good in plet Good in plenty. <laughs> I'm like freaking... Yeah, the internet sucks in here. Uh, I, I'm lucky if I, can get, if I can get Eagle Mall lyrics, let alone videos of Choo, Charlie Choo Choo. What was the name of the evil train, the evil Choo Choo train? Mmm. ramen. You know, when I was over at Brian's house, I think his daughter Kaylee asked me, we're talking about vegan stuff, and she's like, what's your favorite vegan dish? And I'm like, didn't have to hesitate. Vegan ramen, baby. That's it. Hmm. I just realized that they, they do have Wi-Fi in here. I wasn't using it, so maybe this will really help when it comes to the uh, choo-choo train issues I've been having. Yeah, here it is. it's a really good commercial so what are you saying that I now have to reincarnate in the 40s to be a kid in the 50s to see these good commercials alright note to self reincarnate in the 40s or something I'll, what, I'll be a, a baby boomer at that point great great instead of Gen X is this actually going to happen can I actually manipulate time and space and reincarnate wherever I want no it's it's, it's just whimsy it's just pure whimsy alright but is good and plenty still available it better be I don't even know if it's vegan, though. Good and plenty. Yes, it's still available. Okay. All right. I can get a five-pound bag for twenty-seven ninety-nine on Amazon. That sounds like a lot of good and plenty, though. Can I get one of the little box... They have it in the box still? I mean... Yes, they do have it in the box. I can get it from DoorDash. Deliver it to my home. $229 plus God knows what kind of delivery fee.
3: Starlight Starlight
0: To the Eagle Palace with waters of wall we came Walls of Water we came Long have we chanted her name through our dreams The name disappeared when the dawn came Quiet winter seasons flood by stand as you're able The clock measures nothing See that kind of relates to what I was talking about. Time, ha! The clock measures nothing. Hunter said it. The sky is not space. Well, that's that whole other theory—the flat Earth theory—that the sky is actually just a a dome, like a video screen dome. But it doesn't have to be a video screen if this is a computer game, now, does it? Is not sky. Here am I, the father, the keeper of sight. End of records. And th- that was Invocation, and now we get to Copper, the next part. Copper grabbed the bridle, a waiting horse, and he did ride. Fast as anybody had ever been known to ride. The news was out in not more than an hour, all along the regions lying near around. The minions of the sun were sweet as apple wine to him. He laid his head by the shadow of a wayside inn. Mother of God, he didn't spend much time as a child, didn't have much left to spend as a man. Racing the sun crossed the meadow of Belinda's dream. His heart was a nest in the bower of the forest green. His charge was the honor of the palaces of Valentine, And a cast no shadow in the sun, sun hung in midstream. They said, Take a message directly to the king. Tell him the truth of this matter isn't what it seems. Instruct him some and then return to me. Our ship is rigged with sails of mist and anxious for the sea. Racing like the sun across the meadow of Belinda's dream. His heart was a nest in the bower of the forest green. His charge was the honor of the palaces of Valentine, And he cast no shadow when the sun. sun hung in midstream. Hopper grabbed the bridle and waiting horse and he did ride. Feast as anybody had ever been known to ride. The news was out in not more than an hour. All along the regions lying near around. And now, number four of six, Lay of the Ring. I still haven't finished all my food, but I figured I'd take a little break to sing the song. This is the tale of the wandering Jew. Josephus, lately of the mountain wide, seated before a desert fire. I remember in college, my friend Brian, who I went to visit over the weekend, he said that the DC superhero, the phantom stranger, was thought possibly to be the wandering Jew. Josephus, lately of the mountain wide, seated before a desert fire led the men to silence where the fire told its tale sketched in time the deeds of heroes sketched in blood the trials of men where she lies in sandy waste the sphinx observes the traces traced seven times round and seven times seven around the driving wheel spins old beyond believing beyond measure man and lion bull and eagle observe the revolutions of the wheel Barren, O oh barren, O oh stretches of sand Reflected in water, no lay of land Ominous round of the oolah, oolah Silver reflected, a wheel, a wheel Raise the drinking horn Pass the meat around Brick by brick the wall evolves Year by year the sun revolves Age by age the ancient wheel Creaks and turns around Oil my joints and tape my bones It's time to walk again around the ring Ring Ring, the ring, swat qua. Ring, ring the ring, swat qua. Ring, ring the ring, swat qua. Ring, Olivio, the golden ring. From the gates of Numenor to the walls of Valentine its seven cold dimensions past the mountains of the moon. Mountains of the Moon, of course, a fantastic Grateful Dead song that they gave up after 69 though they played it in front of Hugh Hefner at the, uh, the, that Playboy TV show, with Tom Constantin on the harpsichord. From the call of Chanticleer to the ears of Quick Reynard lies a year of meadow, but the sound can travel clean. Raise the drinking horn, pass the meat around. Brick by brick, the wall evolves. Year by year, the sun revolves. Age by age, the ancient wheel creaks and turns around. Let, Here's the part I talked about. Let us play at madness, conra- comrade, said the devil to the man. I'll drift a marker into time and let you go get it back again. A million years in time to wander brought a smile to the lips of man. Send some token I know not of, clothed in legends, whispered low of. Split me into many men... And we'll retrieve it how we can The eagle leaves the land of law A silver chalice in its claw The land will grow The crops will flourish Men will die And babes be born And all the times we've had We'll have again Raise the and horn Pass the meat around Brick by brick the wall evolves Year by year the sun revolves Age by age the ancient wheel Creaks and turns around Now part five at the pass. Alright, Let me have some more food before I get in this one. Right, I got some miso on my phone. Let me wipe it off. Let's continue. Gangtree met the forces at the pass. They ran away. He said, raise your tents this evening. Let the piper earn his pay. The whiskey ration doubled, though there's not a drop of beer. For one man with a crossbow can defend us from the rear. Copper walked the sentry through the night until the day, but Gantry was too drunk to hear his warning bugle play. Get up, get up, you rowdy cur, and lead your men to fray. There's six of every one of us are coming up the way. Gantry raised his stick and struck proud Copper across the face. Mark your rank and mold your words to that accordingly. The captain's faults are company but no words, to no words but his own. So raise your voice and rouse your men. There's battle to be done. Arise, you men of women born, if to them you'd return. Clear your heads and grab your swords, your lives now you must earn. The battle is upon us, and no man is sober here. The drunkest front and center, and the rest fall to the rear. Old Abel old stepped out from the ranks and staggered to the fore. If drunker man than I be here, he has not drunk down more. My brain burns with the fires of hell, my guts are passing sore. If any man contests me, then I'll down a couple more. The piper played, and the piper wailed. The sword shone in the sun. The captain stepped past Abe and said, You're drunker than all but one. And he led his men to battle while the pipes, they filled the sky. Playing whiskey, 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 and die, die, die. Wow. They all got drunk and tried to fight, and they all got, like, a lot of them got killed, I guess. Finally, the final part, Eagle Mall. I think the mall—not like a shopping mall, but more like a, a field or something. It could be a shopping mall. I don't know. It wasn't that the matter was they hanged them. Copper and the captain side by side. The matter was the way they made us watch them. I guess a little, a little piece of each, little piece of each man died. The captain killed the rear and forward watchmen. Copper cut the throats of those between. It wasn't any real thought of winning. That at least was plainly to be seen. It was all a matter begged to get off lightly. It was all the sound pleading in the hall. It was over before we drew the cover. It was over by the time we faced the wall. The nearest place they gathered for the shadow. Sand has rolled across the Eagle Mall. Our banners torn and tattered lace the desert. The winter closes in upon the fall. The wind it winds around the core of evening. The Eagle Mall is cold and oh so quiet. Step into the center, you may touch it, where the crippled chalk has scribbled its good night. The languages we spoke have been forgotten. The windows to the age are white as chalk. All the matters settled are as nothing. And all which was is like that which is not. Raise the drinking horn, pass the meat around. Brick by brick, the wall evolves Year by year, the sun revolves Age by age, the ancient wheel creaks and turns around Oil my joints and tape my bones It's time to walk again around the ring Ring, the ring, swat qua, ring allevio the golden ring often, a, often of a night I yearn to wander As once I did when all my bones were whole The desert's lovely, dark, and cool as orchids. The ghosts of old sing sweetly round my door. Raise the drinking horn, pass the mate around. Brick by brick the wall evolves year by year. The sun revolves age by age. The ancient wheel creaks and turns around. I gave my love a mirror carved of starlight. I gave my love love a ribbon edged in flame. My drinking horn lies shattered in the desert, my seeds are cast in places without name. The voices on the land obscure, the faces that dissolve into the years. Raise the drinking horn, pass the meat around, brick by brick the wall evolves, year by year the sun revolves, age by age the ancient wheel creaks and turns around. Oil my joints and tape my bones. It's time to walk again around the ring. Seven rings of silver on his birthday in the sand. Ring around the charmed daisy. Grow twixt the sea and land. Ring, ring, the ring, swat qua. Ring, ring, the ring, swat qua. Ring, ring, the ring, swat qua. Ring, a leave you oh, the golden ring. Seven traces binding all the sandy shore and land To the charmed sleeping daisy With the ring upon her hand Ring, ring, the ring swat qua Ring, ring, the ring swat qua The eagle leaves the land of law Silver chalice in his claw The land will grow, the crops will flourish Men will die and babes be born And all the times before will have again Raise the drinking horn, pass the meat around. Brick by brick the wall evolves, year by year the sun revolves. Age by age the ancient wheel creaks and turns around. For seven long years we marched through the deserts of long lost. John Silverold bucked to the wheel, plied he, turn it down round. And Un- under where the moon pit glimmers through the valley of the shadow ran he. Ring the ring, swat qua, ring the ring, swat qua, ring the ring, swat qua, ring Alivio, the golden ring, oil my joints and tape my bones, it's time to walk again around the ring. Holy crap, that is some song. It should not be left in... Such obscurity, only to be sung by the dulcet tones of Frank Edward Nora. Dulcet tones? I don't know. Uh, wow. Good one. The brutalest waterfall. wild man the eagle mall dig it dig that eagle mall what street is this madison right yeah no lexington i'm all confused just wander on through it's quite an epic lunch Worth forty-four dollars. <laughs> Jesus, what the hell! I, I know inflation, but what the F, what the literal F? Yeah, I don't know. That that ramen was just so much better than it was in the past. I hope it was vegan. <laughs> I think it was vegan. They say it's vegan. I hope it is. Juice generation. Really? Is that actually ITC Italia they're using? Listen, someone's got to use it. Fonts. But yeah, the whole theme of the song about the ring, like the cycle of events that happens over and over again. Ring Alivio, the golden ring. This is East 52nd Street, otherwise known as Israel Bond's Way. what street do I want to walk? I don't know. I guess I'll walk down. I can choose. I don't want to walk down Lex. Maybe park is better to walk down. That road has kind of a weird feeling to it. Of any road around here, it feels kind of Illuminati-ish, that park avenue. Not that that's good. It just kind of gives it a, a kind of a spice. A road spice, you might say. I know it's not technically a road, it's an avenue. It's actually uh, the ceiling of the train area. The train tracks are under Park Avenue. And the, the, where, I'm, where I'm walking is like on top of it, the roof of the train area. Yeah. Why did that song, like, fail to enter the Grateful Dead canon... Well, as much as I love it, I really... Yeah, I think the Grateful Dead would have a hard time selling it as a Grateful Dead song. Can you imagine Jerry singing... Ring, ring, the ring, swat qua ring, Alivio, the golden ring. Yeah, I, I understand why they didn't do it. And there's a few more songs, like Alligator Moon... Not quite as good, and then what's the other one besides Alligator Moon? There's another super great song that he wrote that uh, fell by the wayside, because he died a couple years ago. Unfortunately, you know, I'm so annoyed. Downtown at a city winery, I think it was one of his last shows, and I just got into the Grateful Dead like a month or two, like in a big way, a month or two after the last like Robert Hunter performance. Here's Park Avenue. He's trying to get uh, <laughs> What is he trying to get? We'll never know. What is he trying to get? Well yeah, that part of the song where it's like, yeah, drift a marker into time, split me into millions of men. We'll try to find it. It'll take millions of years. ...of searching to find it. Just something fun to do. <laughs> Just a, an afternoon's diversion. Millions of years and millions of people. Billions of years and billions of people. It's a little game. Here's a food truck. Uncle Gussie's. Traditional Greek cuisine. Established in 1971. So, there's a new fad... Yes, fads are still a thing. There's a new fad for the Stanley Cup. Not the hockey trophy. A completely different Stanley Cup. I remember years ago, I, on one of those journeys, I went out to the mall in, a mall in Queens. Remember, I used to go out to these weird malls in Queens and record. Years ago... I remember there's a store called Urban Outfitters that really was kind of like uh, very much based on the, the culture of the hipsters, which, as I've mentioned, is now long gone. But they had like a Stanley flask. I guess Stanley was a brand of sort of outdoor... Like if you went camping and you wanted like a thermos mug to put some coffee in, and you know on the top it had like a couple cups and stuff, like you would get Stanley brand and uh, it's been rather unavoidable in my news feeds to hear about the Stanley Cup craze. Now, they have a new logo that feels, there's a, there's a, a bear with wings. It feels like a very derivative of the uh, lion with wings at, in Venice, Italy, at St. Mark's Square, that I saw in person a few months ago last year. When I went to Venice, you, well, you were there with me in Venice so, on the show. But it's a bear with wings and and a crown, and they're making these cups, kind of like reusable cups to put water in or drinks or coffee or something. I don't know, but it's become this like viral craze because of TikTok, and I remember a few weeks ago seeing stories on uh, about this like in Target. They would. there's a new colorway like pink or tan or something and that they showed a video of these people like rioting trying to get the cups and like destroying everything because they, they saw these cups on TikTok and they wanted to buy it it's just the latest fad craze and at work today I saw one of those Stanley cups on someone's desk see TikTok I don't do TikTok. I've heard about TikTok. I don't want to do TikTok. Oh, here's another view of that cool new building. It really, this building gives me vibes of uh, the, uh, the Blade Runner, the Tyrell Corp, uh, the Tyrell Corporation headquarters in Blade Runner. It has that kind of dull brown color. I can see a flying car going up there, and there, that guy's like. I have my next chess move. I remember that guy, J.F. Sebastian. I made them. They're my friends. And Daryl Hannah does this. Who kills him? Does Daryl Hannah kill him, or who kills that guy? I don't know. All I know is Rucker Howard is Roy Batty, kills his creator, Tyrell, Mister Tyrell. Yeah, this building looks looks a lot like Bleed Runner. It's a rather grand structure. It's big. Millions, billions to build a building. But it's like. There's <laughs> like nothing supporting it. It's like. It's all air underneath. It makes no sense. It's insane. Why don't they put like regular, like, bricks on the bottom instead of on. Like, it just seems weird. It must work though, engineeringly. What did my cigar go out? What the hell? So yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get a. uh, I I don't know if I'd want to be seen with one of those cups. Now this building across the street from the new building is also J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. The the original J.P. Morgan, not the one from the Gong Show, who, in my world, might be more important than the other J.P. Morgan, but most people wouldn't care about that other J.P. Morgan who's still alive. JP Morgan, As Chuck Barris would say. She would dance so, so much when Jean Jean the dancing machine came out. What is that weird An illustration on this? base of this uh, concrete cylinder base of a temporary traffic light it's almost like the dodo bird that went extinct or did it trying to get a picture of it here there's a taxi cab in the way yeah I'll go through the breezeway there down to 42nd and walk down that way See, I kind of calculate the ways to go to uh, have the most pleasant walk. I can go. There's another food truck. The Taste of Greece. I, I, I detect a pattern. Greek food trucks. <laughs> the Greek stuff is weird. Like, sometimes there is vegan stuff, but a lot of times there's not. Bill, when we went to the actual country of Greece, and you came with me back in 2019 on the show here, there was really good vegan food. What is this, Building Societe Generale? What the hell is that? General Society? Isn't that, wasn't that like a band? Oh, that was General Public. What was their song? Give a little bit of heart and soul. Is that their song, General Public? One-Hit Wonder? Now, here's a good question. Are you allowed to smoke in the breezeway? I'll say yes, you are. There's a lovely pool of water to toss my cigarilla butt in. I don't feel as bad. Is it littering? It's technically like a leaf. It's okay. And this steakhouse, the original NYC Bobby Bobby Vans Steakhouse. I can remember. They had the wrong apostrophe for many years. Some typographically minded soul must have told them that that freaking rectangle they had on there was not an apostrophe. It needs to look kind of like the number nine. And they changed it. They did. Now it's a lovely apostrophe. and The kerning between the apostrophe and the S could be a little less, but I suppose that's... Oh, look, and then there's even a different version of the apostrophe on this side. Is that is that that is fucking palatino no no palatino that's like my my most hated font of all time look at that S and that Y they're quirky in unpleasant ways united is the new gold Chivas Regal blended scotch whiskey what is this blended crap? How about single malt? They're better. Banco de la Nación Argent- Argentina. What's going on in Argentina these days? That, that new guy, Millet. The guy with the hair. The guy with the haircut. He's a wild man. He's trying to, he's trying to revamp the country down there. Argentina. It's pretty far to the south, though. Right now, does Argentina exist? Are there people there? Are they doing stuff? My cousin Paul used to live in Argentina. His, uh, I think, I don't know if he was married. He had like a fiance or a girlfriend that was in Argentina. He was down there for a while, but now he's back in America. Around 42nd Street. No, this is not 42nd Street, this is 46th Street. Please. I know I can get confused, but that confused? Alright, I think I should go down Vanderbilt because that's more aesthetically pleasing than uh, Madison or 5th. I think I'm the only person anymore with earbuds, with the wires hanging out. I think I, I, think I, lo- I, think I missed that memo that everyone should be having like uh, Bluetooth earbuds now, but I don't know. It just seems like they'd fall out. As much of a klutz as I am, I'm sure I'd lose them. And I was going to say no one's smoking cigars, but this guy just walked by smoking a big cigar. I'm smoking a little cigarillo. Grefino.
1: It's
0: turning into a... Uh, what? What is it turning into? A real... A real Farago or something? Like, what is it turning into? Oh, maybe I walk down this street. This is... What's the one that used to have that, um... Tennis Week? Remember there was a store called Tennis Week? The next street. The next street was a Tennis Week. It was like a store based on a magazine about tennis. But it, it was all way too far in the future and it all shut down, as I recall. I recall. Tennis Week. over here is where they, uh, they, they tore down the building to build this new building, one Vanderbilt, the new skyscraper. I haven't been up to the observation deck, by the way. I should go. Sometime. Then how Park Avenue wraps around In Grand Central. There's all the cars driving by the next level up. It's kind of a cool urban situation. Yeah, I don't think Tennis Week is still there. But maybe it went out of business, but the sign is still there. We'll have to see. But remember, there was an... uh, On the side of the building, when they were tearing it down, they revealed... Oh, wow, there's a cool pattern on the road here. i got to take a picture. On the sidewalk. Almost like Maori tattoos. Cool, man.
1: Yeah.
0: What causes that? What was I saying? I don't know what I was saying. Uh, I was interrupted by the tattoo-like patterns on the sidewalk. Oh yeah, right over here, which is now the fully completed One Vanderbilt Skyscraper, was uh, a revealed wall for, I think it was, uh, was it iPana toothpaste or one of the toothpastes? I don't know if it was iPana or one of the other old-fashioned toothpastes. I think it was, no, it wasn't iPana. It was, an, it was not iPana. It was another one. Yeah, Tennis Week was over here. Was it over here? Yeah, it's gone now. Tennis Week is gone. Their logo, I think they had like a Gil ko kind of font going on. That extra bold font. I think it was right here, in fact. Now it's just a blank doorway. Tennis Week, the long lost store. later on now. Heading home. It's nighttime. And it stopped raining. and still nice and mild outside. So, that tennis week really was annoying me. I looked it up on the internet and nothing. So, I went on Google Maps on 43rd Street and I was going back to all the time periods. It goes back to like 2011. Nothing. So, finally... I, uh, I went up to 44th Street and went back to 2011 on the Google Maps Street View, and there it is! You can barely see it, uh, because there's all this construction going on in 2011. But you can see the Tennis Week logo. It was Gilkeo, by the way, the font. And that's the only proof that it existed. The confusion is that there is that other tennis store in the corridor that I think still may be there. Anyway, we're here in Bryant Park. It looks like most of the winter market has been taken down, but I think there's still remnants of it. The ice skating rink, I think, is still up. Yeah, there's the skating rink. I wanted to sit down because there's an article I found about this, uh, this uh, exhibit at, at the M- Museum of Modern Art. I got to read you this article. It was... Let me read this to you. I can find a place to sit. Let's go over here. I don't know, there's any seats? Maybe I go over this way. I always wind up going by the carousel to sit down. I guess I could, let me just sit over here. This is, I don't want to sit by the carousel. I want to sit here. Thank you. I never know quite how disruptive I'm being doing the show. Am I talking loud? Am I using a weird tone of voice? I don't know. Anyway, let me find this article. All right, here we go. This article. It's on a website called Dini Dinyaz What kind of website is that? MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, sued by artists who performed nude in Marina Abramovich's work. And here's what it says. This is just from the other day. A performance artist has sued the Museum of Modern Art, saying that officials neglected to take corrective action after several visitors groped him. During a nude performance for the 2010 retrospective Marina Abramovich, the artist is present. The allegations were submitted this week in New York Supreme Court with the artist, John Bonafide, seeking compensation for emotional distress, career disruption, humiliation, and other damages. See, I'm thinking this lawsuit may be, a, a t- may be also performance art. I'm not sure. Mr. Bonafide had participated in one of Ms. Abramovich's most famous works from the 1970s, Imponderabilia, which requires two nude performers to stand opposite each other in a slim doorway that visitors are encouraged to squeeze through to enter an adjoining gallery. According to the, his lawsuit, <coughs> Mr. Bonafide... <laughs> was sexually assaulted seven times by five museum visitors. He reported four of the individuals to MoMA Security, which ejected them from the galleries, the lawsuit said. The fifth assault was directly observed by security. Mr. Bonafide said in legal filings, however, that MoMA officials turned a blind eye to assaults and created a hostile work environment where performers were expected to submit to the actions of unruly audience members. His lawsuit comes nearly 14 years after the exhibit. New York's Adult Survivors Act, which gave people an additional window to file sexual misconduct claims, expired in November, but there was an agreement to extend his, his, this case this in 2010. John believes there should be edgy performance art like this in major institutions, said his lawyer John Flet- Jordan Fletcher, but his goal here is to make sure that performers are properly taken care of and that their safety is ensured. A moment's spokeswoman did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Ms. Abramovich also has not spoken about the allegations, though she is not being sued by the plaintiff. The 2010 retrospective was one of the most defining museum shows in recent history, helping to further legitimize performance within the art world and turning the Serbian artist into a global celebrity whose tough preparation for the exhibition was memorialized in the 2012 documentary, The Artist is Present. I mean, this article goes on and on, but I went to that exhibit. I was there, okay? I was there at that exhibit, okay? Um, I remember that, right? I used to go to MoMA a lot more. After work, the, the free Friday nights, I used to go to the Museum of Modern Art, which is just about a 15-minute walk north of here. I should start going back. Well, <laughs> if I'm at work on a Friday, which hasn't happened in a while. Anyway, um, Yeah, this exhibit. This is Maria Abramovich. um, uh, I know subsequently she became the subject of many conspiracy theories uh, and stuff like that. I'm tangentially aware of that. But anyway, she was sitting there herself in the main atrium of, of MoMA. And she was sitting at this table and people were online to sit across from her and have like a staring contest with her. And she would just sit and stare at these people. And people... I guess they could sit there as long as, as long as they didn't blink or look away or something. It was so nerve I was watching from a distance. I was like... Ah, ah, no! No! I cannot... I did not... I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit and stare at this woman. It was so creepy. It was so wild. Uh, but then you went upstairs to the gallery. And there were all these, like, naked people. Like, one person was, like, hanging off the wall there were other people and then the- and the- I saw the exact thing that they're describing there there were two people that were naked and you had to squeeze past them I'm like no I'm not going over there it's too uncomfortable I, sa- I saw this I don't know if I saw that guy I'm sure there were many people doing it the idea was that uh, she Maria whatever her name is Abramovich she was a performer who did this stuff but in the past but they had to hire nude artists to like take her place because she can't be in all places at once, and I just remember—I think I probably talked about it on the show as I was doing the show back in 2010. I probably did talk about this exhibit. We can probably go back in the history of the overnightscape and find the uh, the audio, or whatever. But uh, I, I I can't believe that they're bringing this up 14 years later. But I guess there was that that law where people were bringing it up. This is not obviously no one. The whole point of it is an art gallery. Who's who's taking the advantage to like grope people? That is really, really objectionable. Obviously, um, but anyway, I thought that was interesting because I saw I saw that exhibit in person, and it was so nerve-wracking to see it. Honestly, very very nerve-wracking. But yeah, what a what a uh, what a day here! Beautiful weather, so nice out have one more cigarillo. Now that I've exited the park, you can't smoke in the park, of course, but you can smoke on the sidewalks. (laughs) At least for now. Oh, there's books I usually stop by there, but I don't know. I I may not even stop by the comic shop. I don't know. I don't know why I'm feeling like anti-store right now. I just don't want to go into stores. I would usually go in, I don't know, just like the vibe in the store. I don't know. I don't know, I'm not, I don't have to go every time, right? Yeah. Anyway. Here's Pret-a-Manger. Haven't been to that place in a long time either. Though, I remember I went to one in uh, London, England. When I met Doc Sleeves at that train station, that was cool. Back in the old uh, 2019... Yeah, Tennis Week made me think of uh, that book, Infinite Jess, by David Foster Wallace, from 1996. I made a valiant attempt at that book. I got the audio ver- audiobook version, where you can't really do the footnotes in the audiobook version, but it's a thousand pages long, and it's about tennis and uh, drug addiction, and Boston, <laughs> and uh, maybe Montreal, too. Uh, really good book, but I, I remember struggling with the, listening to it, and then I would sort of fall asleep listening to it, and I lost my place. And finally, I don't know what the hell happened to the files or anything. I, I need to get that. I really like to finish that book. But it has so much tennis content. And I'm not even interested in tennis, and there's, it's just a good book. Of course, the guy, uh, David Foster Wallace, he like uh, took his own life after that. But he had another book, which was about... It was probably another couple thousand pages. It was about two IRS agents having a conversation in the Midwest, <laughs> and uh, they published it uh, posthumously, uh, but it was never finished. So I don't know if the conversation finished. I don't know. Is that a good book too? I don't know if that's a good. Book. People say it's good. I don't know. It's a postmodern literature, which I have uh, definitely been fond of. Of course, Thomas Pynchon. Of course. I have to get back to Gravity's Rainbow, which I fell off as as well, you know. I like the idea of these books. It's just actually reading them is very difficult. Even that far more obscure Ancient Lights by Davis Grubb, I kind of stopped. I I have, there is no audio book. There's nothing. You just have to get the actual book. I, I sort of fell off. I'm not really good at reading books. I try. I try. Like when I was commuting on a more regular basis, I uh, listening to it on the bus was always really good. And then, of course, I was doing the audio book of uh, that series, uh, Shadow of the Torturer by... Uh, what's his name again? <laughs> this is a, a writer that I feel is definitely there's a weird mandela effect about him like i don't think i I lived in the world where this guy existed and now he does exist and i can't remember his name but the book was called shadow of the torturer it was like this weird science fiction about this guy from the torturer's guild and this weird future dystopia (laughs) i can't think of his name at the moment but i need to get back to that as well that's good stuff I know, I should just, especially with TV shows and videos, I, I start watching them, and I, then I start watching another one, then I start watching another one, I have all these tabs open on my computer, to the point that I, I made, like, a Google document with all this stuff I half-watched. I mean, maybe if I stop watching it, maybe it's a sign that it's just not that good. I don't know. Maybe I should stop watching it, but I feel like I should finish it. Like this true detective night country I've seen two episodes of it so far, but I don't know. Jodie Foster uh, takes place in Alaska, where it it stays night for like months on end. I don't know. I don't know if it's good yet. I, I don't know. It's not. It's not good. It's not. Yeah. It's not really worth worth worrying about yet. Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. But the one recent show that I was so happy with was Fargo Season 5. I've talked about it a lot. I don't know if I mentioned the ending, though. Did I talk about the ending? I think I did. It, it really, as I like to say, stuck the landing. So many shows are good up until the last few episodes, then they fall apart. Fargo Season 5 was fantastic throughout. John Hamm, Jennifer Jason Leigh, and all the rest. So good. Um, I thought that was really the best... One of the best, you know, it's a short, it's like 10 episodes, whatever. And uh, you don't have to watch the other seasons, because it's an anthology show. It doesn't really bear much connection to the other seasons. And it's, to me, by far, I don't even rem- I, d- I don't remember much about that show, the other seasons of that show. This one, though, was fantastic. So if you have the Hulu or whatever, check that out. Don't And again, don't feel like you need to watch the other seasons first. That was so good. Alright, let's go. Crossing 7th Avenue. What is this? Red lobster. That's still a thing? Red lobster. Great. Fresh fish. Live lobster. They're alive up to a certain point, huh? Ah, whatever. Let's get going. Gonna go home. Without going to any stores. It's fine. I have to go to stores every time. So yeah, if you see the show art, uh, I did uh, Wander On Through. Just Wander On Through. And uh, the typeface I chose was Eagle. And uh, the color was copper, so it did relate to the song if you want to see the show art. Yeah, that, song, that Eagle Mall is such a good song. It's just, so obscure, it needs, more people to need to know about it. Or maybe it's just me, I think it's fantastic, I think it's one of the best songs ever, but... Ring, Alivio, the golden ring. Yeah. It does almost sound like it's some kind of simulation where everything keeps repeating. I've been thinking a lot about, right, this world being kind of fake. But, like, in the moment, like, the implication is, obviously, you're somewhere else. You're, you're plugged into this world. What? What? Yes, you're plugged in. Um, by what mechanism are you made to become unaware of your true self? is the question I have and one theory I came up with was that you're actually like right now in theory I am actually aware of my true self but my attention has been split between two poles let's say so right now at the other pole I'm completely aware of who I really am and where I really am but this pole I'm completely focused on this world, and I have no cognition of who or where I really am, that somehow it's been split, but that you don't, you actually don't lose, you're not losing awareness of who you are, it's just the split uh, attention, right, Uh, by, I know it doesn't really make sense, but by focusing on this pole, uh, I am completely in the mindset of the person I am here, Frank Edward Nora, And I'm not... Um, at On this pole, I'm not able to access the cognition on the other pole. Or the ratio of awareness is like 10,000 to 1. So... My... Here, my awareness of who I really am, where I really am, would be one-ten-thousandth as intense. So, essentially, non-existent, right? So the idea is that, at some level, we do know who we really are. But it's just too little in the moment to be aware of. Because we don't want to. The idea is we don't want to be aware of that because it would ruin the experience the immersiveness of this wonderful simulation. (laughs) Yeah. But then you might wonder, why would the topic of it being a simulation come up within a simulation if the whole point of it is to get away from your quote-unquote real life and enter into this uh, simulated experience is it that it's kind of unavoidable because this simulation is clearly imperfect and it's the gaps and the uh, contradictions are showing, right? It's not perfect, so naturally questions would come up about it. You know? Or could you say that by introducing the doubt, it makes the experience all the richer? Because a big part of the human existence is the fragility of things and the impermanence of things and the danger you're in at, at all times uh, related to the human level of, ex- of existence. is part of the narrative, right? <laughs> it's quite maddening. But, yeah, I sort of feel like if this world were quote-unquote real, it would just be realer there's something about it that seems fake and seems simulated it's good the graphics are good (laughs) etc but uh yeah it's not there's just something about it that uh wears on you over the years and you can kind of see that it's and I know I just watched that scene from the Matrix where Morpheus is talking to Neo about that there's something about it that's bothering you it's like yeah it is It's the Matrix, Neo. I can't tell you what it is. We gotta get red-pilled, baby! (laughs) That's pretty cringy. People talking about red-pilling people, telling them the truth of all these conspiracy theories. Really? It's really the truth? You really... Maybe it's another level of deception. (laughs) Being red-pilled. Yeah, yeah. Alright, we're in the bus terminal again. The bus terminal is fairly well-rendered. Yes. Oh, my God. The Land of Beer is open. Holy F. Oh, my God. I didn't notice this. I didn't go this way. The Land of Beer. Okay, hold on. We've got <laughs> to go to the Land of Beer. Who cares if it's simulated? I want to go to the Land of Beer. It's a great name for a store. All right, hold on. Let me write this down. The Land of Beer. I just remember when they opened that liquor store upstairs, their prices were insane. Like, literally twice as much. As what you would pay in Jersey for a bottle of liquor or even a bottle of beer. It was insane prices. So, let's see what's going on here in the land of beer. So, they have Utz potato chips. All right. They have uh, candy. Oh, let's see. Do they have good and plenty? Charlie says, love that good and plenty. Charlie says, really rings a bell. Uh, and there's a lot of beer. Dale's Pale Ale. That's not bad. Anything Florida Man. I have some of that at home. Fiddlehead IPA. Not that's also not bad. They just don't have the prices. It's like, like sticker shock. Yeah. There's like a six pack of uh, Pacifico Claro. Seventeen dollars. Yeah. No. Sierra Nevada. Torpedo Extra, six pack. Eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, these prices are insane, deranged. I'm thinking the Jersey prices. I mean, ooh, they have Japanese snacks, Calbee, shrimp, shrimp chips. What else do they have? Oh, they have tons of uts. That's a good Pennsylvania. Is that Pennsylvania? Yeah. Um, yeah, the prices are. Yeah, like the Lagunitas, little something, something, 18.99. Yep. Well, I, I mean, I understand that the rent and the whatever in this place is enormous. Uh, yeah, the prices are real turnoff. The land of beer. But I can understand you really need a six-pack on, you on your way home. I, th- I think it is about twice as much as you'd pay in Jersey. Yeah, don't quote me on that. But wow, those prices are wow. <laughs> That's a real eye-watering prices right there. Holy crap. I should talk. I just spent $44 on lunch and I, I'm complaining about prices. Get out of here. There's the Dwayne Reed. What do they have? A giant duct in one of those portable air conditioning units. Wonderfully depressing. Anyways, with that. I'd like to say thank you so much for patching into this episode of The Overnight Escape. Much appreciated. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora. Currently here in Manhattan, New York City, New York, USA. And, of course, we're here in OnSug Radio, broadcasting from inside the book. Let's go to OnSug.com. That's O-N-S-U-G.com for all of your OnSug needs, all the latest shows, and you can get the book... The new book that I just put out less than a month ago is available. The lowest possible price. It's print on demand. What is it, like 12 something dollars? That's not going to break the bank. My God. You can't even buy a six pack here for that much. Um, yeah, check it out. We are a non commercial project. We have over 14,000 hours, which is over a year and seven months of audio. Everything is included, it's all available for free forever. We have a very unique style, and we're very focused on making these shows available for people both in the near and far future, talking thousands of years. It's, my, it's our stated intent here. Who else, is, who else is talking about this? Who else wants their shows to be uh, listened to in thousands of years? I think people will get a real kick out of it. It just needs to be preserved o- over those centuries and millennia and eons. So please help, please help to preserve it if you're in the position to do so at any point in the future. Thank you. Here's the ticketing plaza. Uh, I wonder how much longer this place is going to last. I know they keep threatening to tear this place down and build a new bus terminal a few blocks to the west, away from where everyone's working, which is not good. It's going to be much farther away. They can't do that. They can't really tear this place down and rebuild it because people need to use it as a bus terminal. It's a... One of the more active bus terminals in the world, I would think. Yeah. Anyways, uh, your voice can be in this archive. Just check out a show called Overnightscape Central, put out each month by Dave in Kentucky. The first monthly episode after PQ's legendary 13-year run, with one year being done by Jimbo. Just ended a few months ago. Dave in Kentucky took over. The first episode is out with uh, Fast Food, The Occult, and Other Bad Ideas. Check that episode out. And next month, February 10th, 2024 is the deadline for the next episode of Old Time Religion, Old Time Rock and Roll, and Old Time Radio. You can talk about one, two, or all three topics, and you can send it in to DaveKY at mail.com. That's D-A-V-E-K-Y at M-A-I-L dot com. It could be any length. uh, uh, Just talk about one, two, or all three topics, and we'd love to hear from you. Please check it out. And now, as we going to walk up the steps to the wonderfully depressing ticketing plaza. You are going to walk up a few steps of your own into the wonderfully exciting world of the other side.
3: An incredible hour of excitement when Dan Haggerty TV's Grizzly Adams goes to the circus. Featuring spectacular acts from around the world. Then Country Night of Stars Part 2 with Crystal Gale. Eddie Arnold, and many more. Dan Haggerty goes to the circus and country night of stars. Tuesday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Happy birthday, Bob. Again, a salute to Bob Hope. With guests, Pearl Bailey, Lucille Ball, George Burns, Charo, Donnie and Marie, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Fred McMurray, The Muppets, Tony Orlando, George C. Scott, Elizabeth Taylor, Danny Thomas, and more. Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. On NBC's Sports World, the Jerry could see a Randy Stevens heavyweight fight, US-USSR women's platform diving, and high-speed NASCAR racing. Sunday. ...miles an hour. He was the fastest animal alive. Next Saturday on The Bionic Woman, meet the amazing Bionic Dog.
2: He doesn't like you, does he?
3: And I'm not about to get near that Bionic jaw. Rudy's afraid Max is experiencing Bionic rejection.
2: I mean, he thinks this can happen to me.
3: Lady, you, your dog's tearing your car apart. Uh-huh. All security. Meet me down at the Jeep right away. We've got to get that dog. I'm going to put him away. I have to do that autopsy. But well, what
2: are you going to do when I start to reject you to put me away, too?
3: The Young Runaways run into big-time crime.
2: Look at all that plain money.
3: They're on the run from the bad guys. They're on the run from the good guys. We just want to talk to Rosebud and Joseph T. That's all. See the world premiere of The Young Runaways, followed by A Chance to Live. Sunday, starting at 7, 6 Central Time. Oh, my Save
2: Chopin. Gee whiz, Aunt Harriet. What's so important about Chopin?
3: All music is important, Dick. It's the universal language. One of our best hopes for the eventual realization of the brotherhood of man.
2: Gosh, Bruce.
3: Yes, you're right. I'll practice harder from now on. Your uh, your snack, Master Dick. Oh, thank you, Alfred.
2: are many fine and useful films available about the mental health of children for professionals and the general public too. During the next 30 minutes we're going to show you some revealing parts of these films. Here is Walter Clark of the National Clearinghouse for Mental Health Information to tell you about the first group of film segments.
3: You've just seen a few frames from films dealing with the mental health of children. These films were designed to help children survive emotionally in a world dominated, not too successfully, by adults. The film clips you are about to see were taken from films that fall into about three categories. The first group was taken from films designed for use by teachers in the classroom to help children say how they feel about things that happen around them. The idea is that if children can learn to express their feelings freely, then perhaps they will be able to cope more successfully later on. Here, for instance, are excerpts from a few films of this type.
2: Nice shot, Steve. five. We have chosen to call this type of film stimulus films. I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it now. Come on, Gary. this place is deserted. You want to be a picture, don't you? Come on.
1: You stick
2: You misfire my You My papa. What does he do? He bleeds the brakes. Oh, that's nothing,
3: man. Anybody could turn a screw or put on tires or something.
2: Yeah, but he has to... You have to do it the right way because if the car has to stop and it's not on the right way, you can cause
3: an accident. So you're saying your father's
2: important? He does an important job. Oh, if he's so important, what kind of car does he drive? He has a Chevrolet. It's five years old. It's not even running. It's at the garage where my father's working now. Anybody that was important probably have a new Cadillac or something. Mm, Corvette or something. Can't be very important if he had just a little old Chevrolet. Come on, Eddie, let's go. I guess there are a lot of times when I feel I'm a nobody. But my father, I always thought of him as an important person, a somebody. Is he out of it like I am? Possibly we can't all be heroes the great,
1: earth-shaking kind. But do you think in a certain sense heroes can come in different sizes and in unexpected places? Do you think that in a way even the unknown person could be a kind of hero? Is it possible that when we do what we feel should be done, each of us can become a kind of hero, each of us, even you? And uh-huh.
2: don't look so funny. Scotch on the rocks.
3: Oui, mais tout de suite, dans Scotch on oh. the
2: rocks coming up. Jean-Louis, oui. give him my special drink. Oh, mais bien sûr, Pandy. Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Jean-Louis, Radio Monte Carlo.
1: Here come two passionate Pandy specials.
2: I know you too.
1: Yeah, Joe Pittman.
2: Joe Pittman from a daily post. What's he doing here? He works for Mr. Boogaloo now. So Mr.
3: Boogaloo bought him too. Correction, Mr. Boogaloo bought the Daily Post. So we finally have the pleasure of your company.
2: Do you know why I'm here, Mr. Boogaloo? No, I don't. Why are you here? I want you to release Phoebe from a contract. (laughs) Yes,
3: <laughs> Mr. Boogaloo!
2: Yes. You were saying? Is something the matter, boy? Uh, I... I wanted to release Bibi from a contract.
3: Why don't you ask her if she wants to be (laughs) released?
1: Pandy, where is she?
2: She's here somewhere. your look for. I'm Hilly Hicks. Hi. I'm Joan Esposito. Tonight on PM Magazine, we're going to visit one of the hottest nightclubs in Hollywood. It's a flashy, fashionable roller disco that's become the playground of the celebrity set. We'll meet the polar bear man of Pittsburgh. He's champion of a sport that most people don't even want to try. In our departments, Chef Tell shows us the proper pots and pans to use when cooking. Dr. Jim Lasco shares another medical idea, a milk bank for newborn babies. And Joyce Colhewick discovers a great way to get your closets organized.
1: Three is actually out in some hidden, underground type open air shops at this moment, folks. And, and if they haven't got it, excuse me, hound them. And it's been selling in unprecedented quantities. Right? 700 yesterday. And yesterday was the first day it was in the shops. Yes, beautiful. That's very good. 700 obscene people. <sighs> okay, well, we'll play a bit of that later on. I don't have it ready yet. We'll yeah, get I'd that. be charmed if you did, John. Would you be charmed about that? Mm-hmm. 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 These are the deviants in the meantime, and they'll be charmed too. And it's mm-hmm. called Day uh, um.
3: We've done something wrong. It's
2: crap cool. gear. Tootie, tootie. George C. Scott in The Flim Flam Man tomorrow at 3 30.